The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. You may not have heard the name Boris Rogers before, but it isn't because he's been silent. Perhaps you know him by his stage name, Blues. And that's a name known and pretty well revered by artists and creatives across the Queen City. Over the past 20 years, Emmy award-winning poet, spoken word artist, and musical storyteller Blues has shared his truth on the streets, on stages, and even in boardrooms. And he's done it even when not enough of us have been listening. He's pushed the boundaries of his art form, and he's brought others along with him. Serving as coach of Slam Charlotte, Blues and his crew have brought home three National Slam poetry titles. He's a pillar of the creative gig economy and has been his own boss and done it his way for his entire career, trusting that his passionate path would lead him where he needed to go. But this last fall, Blues took a new path. For the first time in his career, he's joined a larger creative organization. And (laughs) though they don't make him wear a suit, Blues accepted the position of Director of Creative Engagement at Blumenthal Performing Arts. He sees this as an opportunity to bring new perspective to a powerful cultural entity and to enhance the artist access he's been fighting for his whole life. And that makes Blues the perfect person to launch the newest branch of the Biscuit Podcast. We call it onboarding. And this is an opportunity to talk to a creative charlatan at the beginning of a new journey about the road they see ahead and the dreams they have for their new endeavor. This is Tim Miner of Charlotte is Creative, and I hope you enjoy my chat with Boris Blues Rogers. Blues, I am really excited to talk to you today because uh, although we've seen each other on little tiny windows on on Zooms <laughs> a bunch of times over the last year, we haven't really had a chance to just catch up and we definitely haven't had a ta- uh, chance to talk since your big move to the Blumenthal to be the director of creative engagement. That's that's amazing. How's it how has it been thus far? Um, it's been great. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when you sent the email and it was the amazing idea, like, you know, we're talking about onboarding and I was right. Like, I have not worked for anyone since 2008, maybe 2006. Wow. So there were a lot of layers to, to onboarding in a sense of I am, I am 40 something. Uh, I'm, you know, getting into a corporate world uh, as a sense of, and, um, it was a lot of things to learn, to adjust to, um, and to remember that I am a part of a team now, because, you know, when, when you're out there creating for yourself or, you know, creating a platform for other folks, but you're, you know, the sole provider of that idea and that energy, you, you have to remember that you're on a team and there's a team thing that's going on here. And it was the first time that <laughs> I, I pitched an idea. And the, I, you know, they were like, yes. And, and then they were like, we can do this almost in a week. And I'm used to like, all right, this is, 
three weeks to get done, four weeks. And they were like, now nah, we can get this done popping in two days. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I was, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Wait, hang on a moment. I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for things to happen that fast, but that's when I remembered it's not me. I don't have to make this flyer. I don't have to really come right. Up the marketing stuff. I just pitch the idea and have, you know, the details I need around it, but there's a machine that's willing to make this thing whole work. And I'm like, God, this is great. <laughs> this is great. This is so much fun. So yeah, man, it's, it's been really, it's been really good. It's funny. I've been just so yeah, I've been on the opposite side of that before where I went from having, um, you know, I've, well, actually, I guess I've, I've been in and out of it. Right. So I worked for a small agency where we did everything soup to nuts. Right. And then I went to work for a large company where we had teams, you know, and I was just directing teams and then back out where I'm back in the role where I do everything. Right. And it, there's, there's a lot to recommend it on both sides. It's great to work on a team, but at the same time, you don't have to argue with anybody when you're the only <laughs> exactly. when you're a team of one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> like, well, let's let's drop back then because we kind of jumped into it. Talk a little bit about as the director of creative engagement for for the Blumenthal. What do you do? What's your what's your drive description? What was your expectation coming in on day one that either you pitched to them or they said we can get this done in two days? What what are you there to do? Uh, as Tom would say. Uh, they and want by to that you mean Tom Gabbard. Tom Gabbard, yes. He said, I, I, I want to really be able to use your brain power, your creative brain power. Like that's, and that's been the kind of the one thing that whenever I've done projects with Blumenthal, I've been on consulting side of things or creative side of things. And, you know, they, he really wanted to pull me in and, and put that all to full use and uh, really make a commitment to, to me as an artist, but as a person, as a person who's been uh, in, engaged with them for a very long time. So what I, what I want to do, what my idea was to be able to come in and create platforms uh, that included artists of color, um, marginalized artists, but also artists who would never get to perform uptown, you know, who, who may never get to perform uptown, but vice versa, being able to extend what we do into smaller branches of other neighborhoods. So being able to bring, uh, really high quality workshops and theater works into East Charlotte, West Charlotte, North Charlotte, uh, you know, as, as, as much as we can do with all this COVID stuff, but just being able to expand the idea of Blumenthal doesn't just exist uptown. Um, our artists are everywhere in the city and we want to see how we can support them with the resources that we have and collaborate with as many communities as possible um, to grow what, you know, of course you and I already know there's, so many talented people here who a lot of folks don't know about. So yeah. one of the part of, part of my job is to expose those people to as much people as possible. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, kind of, you know, in a nutshell, what I'm, what I'm doing. Well, because, and that platform that you have access to now, right. I mean, it's one thing right. for, for you or for I on our own to try to find those diamonds in the rough, those artists and creatives that we know are, should be household names in Charlotte, but aren't. And, and that's, that's a not, although not impossible, a tough climb, right. For us to, to get the word out, but, but Blumenthal arts is a trusted name with a 
beautiful platform uh, that can get that word out faster and accelerate the not, you know, people getting to know folks like, you know, like Denier or, uh, or, or Carlos, you know, and folks that, that we want to lift up. I, I guess I, I would ask then, you brought up the fact that it's been a while since you've worked in a corporate environment. So if we're looking at onboarding, what does it say about you at your point in your career and your mission that you're you're ready to go work for a bigger machine like Blumenthal Arts? And then conversely, what do you think it says about Blumenthal Arts that they are ready in their evolution to bring somebody in like you who really thinks differently, has a different toolkit, and is going to kind of see the world in, in different ways than they've maybe you have been used to over, over their storied career? Um, for me, this is actually my first corporate like gig. So it's all very new, very different, but I think it's also saying, because I've been, I'm such an artist sometimes like, you know, to hell with the corporate machine. I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a very different kind of thing. Uh, being on the inside of it now, I understand these people see the value of artistry, see the value of, uh, of folks who live in the city, not just artistry, but people who live here, who operate here, to see the value in what they do and how they do it and who they are. So that's been amazing. And that has shown me that I can be part of the the change, be part of, uh, and I hate to use the word gatekeeper. Uh, I, I, I like to think I am opportunity uh, seeker. Not, not I, uh, opportunity. Let's go with Matt. You want to go with matchmaker? Matchmaker, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that really kind of brings to light of the artists who are doing what they're doing in the city and and letting Blumenthal in on, you know, in on the secret, so to speak. Uh, because Thomas said, you know, there are things that we just don't know about because we're we're doing what we do. You know, we're we're focused on Broadway shows, we're focused on this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And you know, the education part department really rocks hard at rocks out with with doing what they do for uh, community stuff. But he's like, there's just an element that we keep missing. So, and I think that's that's to answer your other question uh, is to see who I am and how I've been connected to a lot of uh, creatives in the city, and to say, all right, um, blues blues is a guy who can really make the connections that we cannot make. Um, and make the connections that are trusted that we cannot make. They are open to the idea of, you know, we don't, we, we are a big machine. They recognize that they're a machine. They don't, they don't hide from that because it employs a lot of people. You know, it gets, it gets people paid. But at the same time, they recognize that there's an opportunity to, to do smaller things, to do more grassroots things, to grow um, outside of this big corporate machine kind of thing. And flourish around the city and help others flourish around the city. So it was a, it was an opportunity to see how big they were and how small they could be and effective and, and impactful and intimate and intentional with, with that move. Well, and I, you know, this is also not completely out of left field for them. I mean, since Tom's been at the Blumenthal over the last 13 years, he has reached out and he has embraced hip hop culture, spoken word culture. Uh, this is, I think, just an opportunity to take that and, you know, make that door wider. And like you say, tap in your network and and expand on the work that's already been done. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's him having that foresight from years ago and, and saying, all right, I'm going to double down on all of that. Um, especially making moves in a time where, you know, 
when when Me Too is happening, Black Lives Matter is happening, and these big corporate entities have to really look at themselves at their at their diversity and and what they're doing and how much intentionality they have behind those equity moves. Uh, I think Tom's just been there the whole time. He's like, yeah, I, I, we've been doing that, but here's how we do it better. So he wants to be not just doing it, but make a model of it for others to follow, for others to fall in line and say, here's, an, here's, how, here's how we did it. And here's how you could try to explore that in your own community. So it wasn't just doing it for the sake of Blumenthal. It was doing it for the sake of others to, you know, for being leadership, just leadership and showing this is how you can make those moves and, and learning the whole time. So it's like, you know, they're still learning they're still growing and still trying to figure it out. So it's not like we've got it down pat, but you know, we've got this figured out, this figured out what else is going wrong and how can we fix it? I have to say though, it's got to be encouraging for you, especially if you're going into a corporate environment where there's a, there's a certain amount of discomfort, right? Or at least that, that it's not your background, but to know that you don't have to go in and be the iconoclast, right? You don't have to tear so much down as you do need to refine, improve, expand, and show, you know, kind of tweak the formula so that it works even better while, while bringing new elements into the, you know, into the scene. Yeah. Um, that part and, and, I'm really still getting to do the things that I've been doing. I think that's the the best part of it. Um, you're right. I, I, there, are, there are things that, you know, we're working on and, and we'll say that we need to kind of fine tune. But for the most part, Tom's like, listen, do what you've been doing. Right. Keep going. Keep grinding. Show us what, what we don't see. Bring us the things that you think are important. And, and we'll get, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get those things popping. We'll shine a light on them. And at the same time, we're all going to grow together. So uh, being in this environment, I, <laughs> the thing, the, 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 the funniest thing was Tom, Tom was like, you know, you don't, you don't have to wear a suit. Because <laughs> 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 like, I sure as shit didn't want to wear it. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to come in, you know, dress like, you know, just like I rolled out of bed. But at the same time, I, I, I knew I didn't have to put on a suit and tie and all that. Right. You know, I got I got to dress how I wanted to dress and just still be myself. And I think that was kind of one of the most important things that was said without being said. He just wants me to show up as my authentic self. Right. And, you know, and be me and and be creative and shine and let the machine get behind me and, and you know, help me rise and help everybody rise with whatever it is that I'm trying to do. So. And there's a lot of ideas on the table that they've been just really like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And, and that part still blows my mind. Like, all right, we're going to try this crazy thing and, and we're, we're out here. So, well, it probably helps that this is, this is a new world period, right? I mean, beyond let's take, let's take the black lives matter movement and, and everything that happened with social justice last year, the weird election, you know, all that with COVID-19, you can't continue to do things as they've always been done anyway. So you're going into an environment that, that must change. It must stick and move. Um, and that's gotta, that's gotta help. Uh, I, I would say one thing that you brought up earlier that I think is really important is, um, you know, from the artist side, all of us in the creative side, we talk often about the need to show the, the creative or excuse me, rather the corporate community, why the creative community is important, right? Mm -hmm. Making that come alive for them. But I think there's a flip side that you now have a, have a opportunity and a responsibility is to show creatives 
that you can work with with business, that you can work with corporation, that that if you find the right match, right, if you're able to to come to an agreement on culture, accessing those resources is not a bad thing. It's not selling out. Right. It is. It's not. Um, one of the first uh, like major projects that I got to work on was the hip hop uh, uh was a hip hop was a breaking convention, uh, which was a big hip hop fest that came. And the thing I was, I was hitting up everybody in the hip hop community. Like, listen, this is your chance to get your shit on a theatrical stage, like a big stage, huge stage and get paid for it. Don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot for just trying to keep it real. Cause wow. you know, that, that was such a, an annoying thing to me because being able to work with Blumenthal for all these years and still being able to do what I wanted to do with, without any compromise. Like I, I can't con- remember a time where I had to compromise myself for the sake of being on their stage or getting paid for them. Like that's never been a problem. And right. I think people here see corporations and that, and then they think, Oh, I've got to do this and do this and be in this box. And I'm like, nah, man, if you just tell people what you're trying to do and honest with it up front, let them say what they want and say no. And then you have a chance to walk away. But it, it, you're right. It shows I'm trying to get folks to understand, like, there are true resources here and not all corporations are out to get you. Like, you, <laughs> you can literally make a nice living off working with some of these corporations because they're looking for you and they're looking to work with you. But if you walk in with a sense of hostility, a sense of pensiveness, like, ugh. That's gonna that's gonna just be like well I we don't know what we did because <laughs> right. you won't tell us you just assume that we're we're bad folks and a lot of the times the people who are in these positions to hire are are you know secretly creative people themselves and just right. don't have the same talent as you do but know what it is to create and want to want to help you like they want to help you so yeah it's I, I wish and it's still continuing to be a thing that I that I'm trying to push as well as everybody it's like if there are resources there. And you see there are no strings attached. Do not attach strings that are not there. Right. Like walk into it with an open heart and an open mind. Make your money. Create the art you want to create. Build your resume because that can expand everything that you're trying to do. You know? You don't have to compromise who you are and what you're trying to do, but but you might have to take on look art, be able to better articulate why you want to do it that way and why and who you are and what your message is. And, and there is a way that you're going to need to at least advocate for yourself and speak to a, a larger organization or a corporation that, that you're going to do it in a more professional way, but that doesn't mean that you're, that you're not who you are. And that, right. that those skills that you're acquiring there are translatable into smaller things too. And that that's going to make your work more sustainable. I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that frustrates me. Like I love Charlotte's creative community, but I feel a mission in a sense, uh, you know, a sense of responsibility to kind of end this idea that being a starving artist is noble, you know, that as long as you, you get to that, you're still real and you're still authentic eating and, and having health insurance and, yeah, not worrying about where your where your next rent check is going to come from is not a bad thing. <laughs> not a bad thing at all. It's it's, and if I can, you know, I'm going to say this. I've been an artist and an entrepreneur and self employed for a while, but I'm not going front. The first time that I got a check and I knew what time it was coming to, 
I was like, holy shit, this is great. I was like, this is, this is great. That, that sense of security is, is, is one thing that I think is hard to, to, to ignore. Like it's hard to ignore. It's fun being your own boss and getting up when you want to, doing the things you want to, saying yes to this project, no to this project. But there's always when you're working on contract, you're waiting on an invoice. And if someone has 90 days to pay that invoice, you're like, well, it's day 89. <laughs> like, I sure hope the mail comes tomorrow. Ah, oh, shit, it's Sunday. You know, like I got right. day. But yeah, for this, that, that moment where there's a sense of security. Uh, I won't even count in healthcare. It's just knowing when you're going to get paid that you can get paid for something on time is, is a really great feeling. And in this day and age, I I'm with you. Like the starving artist thing is, is kind of played out. Like, come on, man. Like there's, there's starving artists and then there's, there's suffering. I believe in suffering for your art in a sense of you come from a place of pain and that pain produces something beautiful and magical for the world to see, but you hurt for it. But I also don't think you have to not eat a really great sandwich because you want to make sure this integrity of this art holds up. You're like, nah, man, a little bit of money and you're going to have a nice sandwich. Like those two things can match up. If you it's okay to have a nice sandwich, <laughs> it's like, we need to print those t-shirts up, man. It's okay. To, you're still, you're keeping it real. You can keep it real and eat a nice sandwich at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I think, you know, that that's one of the things too, is that, you know, there are, there are quote unquote sellouts in everything, right? I mean, there, there are people that there, there are people that are, that are posers in, in any kind of, in, in any kind of career in the same way that there are plenty of people in professional positions that suffer for their work in one way or the other. Anytime you care, anytime you have a passion and a commitment to what you're doing, there is a trade-off. I'm right. willing to give this many hours, this many sleepless nights, this much of who I am into something I care about. Right. And I think that is a place where we can all respect one another, you know, is that is finding that. And you're right, man. That's going into to larger organizations and businesses. There are people that desperately want that message. Like I am creative, right? I, I, I have a spark. I want to, I want to engage in this and that, that artist or that creative going in there, that's giving them something of true value, yeah. not only to their business, but to them personally to get engaged and kind of feel that for a moment. Right. You, you'd be surprised at how many folks get hired because the person hiring them is completely a fan. It's a very selfish reason. Sometimes like, I, I've been hired because someone said, Blues, I just like you. I just wanted you at my event. It was for me. It was completely for me. If everybody else enjoyed it, so be it. If not, so be it. I hired you for me. And I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't care about that. Great. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there too, Tim. I just want your magic fairy dust. You know what? Your check didn't bounce, so you can have it. You got it. <laughs> got it. So, yeah, I, I, I think if, if artists sort of keep that that mind and that mindset open to the people that are bringing you in really and, and genuinely enjoy you. And it may be, you're right. Maybe on this personal level of this job is sucking the life out of me. And you are the one person I know that could at least bring me some joy so I can continue doing my job for these other people and continuing and continuing. So you're right. You, you can be the person who is the spark that continues the fire for someone else. Uh, you just got, I think folks just need to remember that going in. And I think there are, are legitimately, I've seen a shift in the business community on the community engagement side, on the marketing side, on the HR side, where things have been done a particular way for so long 
authenticity does matter. And, and there are people inside of those companies that desperately want to do something of value in the world and working with a creative and finding a way to, to not compromise who they are and do something good that is aligned with the, the mission of your, of your organization. That, right. that opportunity exists. I think that it more than ever, um, if, if the creative is there, knows how to advocate for themselves and talk about it, and, and, and align with and, and determine which, what businesses are authentically wanting to work with them and others that aren't. Right. There are opportunities there that have not existed before. Right. Exactly. And, it, you know, it's, it, it's such a two-way street, you know. Like you said, there are corporations out there who are looking for it, artists who are wanting to connect. And if you make the right match, then, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and, you know, so many people are making different moves in the way that they operate in terms of who they look for. And with COVID, you know, how we look for these things and how we're discovering each other is, is so different now, which I, I think one, it gives the, the artist a really grand opportunity to create something different that a corporation would have not looked for in a certain way because of the way we have to present things. And at the same time, corporations are now like, all right, we, we got to be real intentional about who we're looking for. And if the artist has all their work in a space, you know, they can really kind of sit down and check it out and, and get this, get this idea of who they are. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting how this pandemic has really shifted the creative and corporate uh, corporate scene in, in terms of how we discover each other. It, it's super fun. Like, especially we'll see even with creative mornings, there were times where if you didn't sign up and get there, you couldn't get in, you know, but now that you guys have moved to an online thing for, for now and have, and have the opportunity to show up in, in both spaces. Now you're like, Oh, I can jump behind real quick. And now I'm there. Like, Oof. because yeah. we thought that this pandemic and, and quarantining was going to really box us in. But I, I think we're all learning that it's, it's one made us think different. And inside that thinking, we, oh God, this is going to sound corny. We had to start thinking outside of the box. <laughs> and, and inside of that out of the box thinking, we really got these grand ideas. And I think, I think a lot of collaborative efforts got really, really, uh, you know, really ramped up, you know, because yeah. we're discovering what other people could do. Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, just think about the Act Now series that that you did and that Charlotte is Creative did with Black Market Charlotte and Boom earlier this year. I mean, to try to put together an event that had that many artists mm. doing that much work about social justice, I don't know how that would have been possible outside of a digital environment. I don't think it would have been. And I, I don't think we would have had the same reach. I think no. we still would have had to put that even if we were completely healthy, a healthy uh, society, I think we still would have had to put that on video to reach more people because we could have only got so many people to be inside of a space to see that. I can't wait to get back to live performance. I know you can't wait to get back to live performance, but you do have to admit that when you're having a conversation like the, like the types we tried to have with act now about some really painful truths about how, uh, you know, people of color have been treated in this, in, in this society about how we were all feeling about George Floyd to do that in a live environment. Let's say 150 people show up. That's the only 150 people that are ever going to see that 
performance. But now it's going to live on YouTube and has a potential to grow. There's there could be a, a kid, a teenager, an adult who's really struggling with somebody something and does a Google search and finds that event. And that really helps them with that perspective that we couldn't have done before. Right. It's, it's also for us, for us folks who are getting a bit older, when we start telling the story, I'm with you. telling the story of, you know, about this amazing event, you know, if, if, we, if you and I were to talk about Vince, we went to a concert we went to in the nineties or, in, you know, early two thousands, we can only tell you about it. But, you know, with that, the act now series, like, yeah, so we did this amazing, you know what? Here's a link. Put it Let in me the show you. Let me show you. Right. And I think what this, what this whole pandemic thing is going to be able to, to not only, you know, reflect in on, on what we went through, but also what we were able to do, what we were able to accomplish uh, creatively through social justice, through just doing a number of things that we were pushed to do. You know, we were pushed to wear masks, but we were also pushed to create some amazing shit, pushed to, to create some amazing platforms to fight for things that we didn't think that we were able to fight for. But, you know, it, it really pushed us as human beings uh, in this in this new uh, what era and time that we're living in. So I'm amazed. Well, I think that's why it's so perfect that you're at Blumenthal Arts right now. It's because, again, we there are so many people out there that that say, you know what, with me, too. I got, I got to figure out how to talk about this. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't know how to get into this topic or with social justice or issues of race or issues of systemic, systemic racism, right? In, in, in the world, there is, you can have straight up conversations, but creativity and the arts and creative expression is often that not, I'm not going to call it a safe space because we're not going to safe places, but Mm. it's a, it's a place where people feel a little bit more comfortable encountering the topics and listening to perspectives than others. Right. We've developed this thing now where we, we can create, but we we're learning how to listen. Like you said, we're learning how to sit and pay full attention, intentional attention. Like, okay, not only I see you, but I hear you and I'm understanding a little bit more. And I think, (laughs) I think we're still learning how to, when we hear it, we don't have to respond. We just need to receive it. Like, you know, I'm going to tell you something and I don't need you to do anything, but just say, I hear you. And then that's it. Like if I need some help then I'll be like, Hey, I need your help with this. Here is the problem. But you know, but sometimes it's just, I need you to hear me real quick. Cause I got a vent. And then you're like, ah, word. And with digital media, you could say, if you didn't, if you, if you're, if you think you misheard me, just rewind it and watch it again. Just bring it back. Let's go to the tape. All right. We got two more minutes, Blue. So I'm going to hit you with a, with a blitz. All right. Tell me, I want you to tell me three things that you're a little, that you have some trepidation about, that you're a little worried about in your new job, and three things that you're really excited about for 2021. Um, one, uh, spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> Expense reports. <laughs> uh, and three, uh, being a creative, I'm, I'm not always the most organized person. So uh, working on my organizational skills is is becoming a thing. I got to get creative about how I organize. I hear you on all that. Yeah, that's that is that is like garlic to a vampire, you know, for a creative. Right. Spreadsheets so are just. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a work in progress. Things that I'm excited about. 
um, working with Ohavia Phillips on, on her OSHO to uh, some creative platforms that I've been able to really target some, some specific communities. And three, uh, hopefully being able to come out of COVID and getting some Broadway shows back and then being able to get uh, marginalized some uh, people of color, folks who are economically challenged to come and see a Broadway show because there's an opportunity there that I don't think most people know about, but we're trying to really make uh, a thing happen. So not just get you out of the house, but get you out of the house uptown and come to a theater show just to see what that possibility is for the next uh, young black kid out there who doesn't think, who thinks that, you know, I've only got one career path. No, sir. Uh, if you've seen Hamilton, you can do anything, son. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Well, keep us informed on that. And I, I just want to say, you know, you have been a, a big word here, a bastion of the creative community for a long time. I mean, you've been keeping the pilot light going. You've kept the, kept the faith. You've, you've encouraged other people. I mean, in the work that you've done in the spoken word community alone, just to raise the Charlotte's profile in that community has been incredible. And I just want to, I want to thank you because there, when, when I hear people say, Oh, I'm excited about this new creative, you know, community and culture that's rising up in Charlotte, it's not new. And there's folks like you and so many others that have been keeping it alive and growing it and evolving it for a really long time. And I, I just want you to know that we at Charlotte Creative really appreciate that. I appreciate y'all for saying that, man. And I, I, I appreciate y'all for shining a light on us. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it doesn't need to go and say that we really see you as well. Um, we can only do so much. And when we think we've hit a ceiling here, you guys are like, oh, no, we just we just cut a sunroof in here. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go higher. So thank y'all for, for allowing us to be on this platform and creating this platform um, and shining a light on people who would never be seen. That shit is so amazing. And I love it. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, one less thing to do. Let's make some cool shit together, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Boris Blues Rogers for speaking with us. And most importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning in to The Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us. Or better yet, just tell them yourselves finally get the scoop on charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the biscuit email newsletter do that now at biscuitclt.com the biscuit clt podcast is a member of the queen city podcast network and produced by tim minor matt olin and andy go of gojo studios music by harvey cummings